Welcome to Stiefel's Investment Strategy Brief, a monthly recap of the macroeconomic and market environment. Well, greetings and welcome to the Investment Strategy Brief podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer. And, you know, it's January of 2023. January represents an important episode in our Investment Strategy Brief podcast uh, in the sense that we lay out our outlook for the coming year. And we'll, we'll provide a few market updates and such. But think of it as that's sort of the anchor that will sort of uh, be available to us and we'll sort of analyze through the balance of the year, right? So think of it as a lot of work that's gone on in the fourth quarter. We published our Outlook report, which I'll, I'll mention. And then we're going to sort of set the almost like the, the foundation for how we want to uh, see the year unfold and what we'll be looking for. Now, as has been our practice, um, we, the Outlook report itself is actually about a dozen articles and other items. Um, there's a nicely designed uh, report. Great job by our marketing partners. Um, and um, I'll make sure in the podcast notes that there's links to all this. Uh, there, is, there is a sort of produced video and then actually a webinar that we hosted. That, so the replay available for that. So lots of good content available. If you want to get right to it, you can go to stiefelinsights.com and, and check it out there. Um, in any event, um, I want to, in this episode, sort of break this into th- three basic segments. The first will be just to talk a little bit about, uh, look back at 22 and how that serves as a foundation and then share with you our outlook for 2023. Um, we'll, again, do a little bit of a market update. Uh, the second thing, we'll go over just briefly a few of the other articles that are in the broader report. Um, and then close with uh, some of our dynamic leanings. Um, and so, again, uh, links to all this will be in the uh, show notes, hopefully the episode notes for this um, this uh, publication or this uh, podcast episode. Um, okay, so first up, let's take, let's take a look back at 2022. So as we've talked about for now a number of months, the year was really challenging. And, and we the, the kinds of things that we're... Uh, tough in 2022. Um, it was really kind of wide-ranging in a way. We had lots of conflict in D.C., obviously the midterm elections uh, and friction, basically, uh, with what was almost a divided government. We had uh, elevated, persistently high inflation, which meant that the Fed had to shift a lot more aggressively into a more hawkish position and says it's going to keep going. That means the risk of recession is up. That means earnings are slowing down. And the markets reacted to that. So it was a negative year uh, in the markets. Now, all of that then, as we've talked about before, is surrounded by uh, geopolitical tensions, the war in Ukraine and some tensions in Asia uh, have everybody on their toes. In any event, when it comes to market performance, well, looking back at 2022, it really was anchored in those three things. The idea of <clears throat> inflation being elevated. So the CPI is, uh, uh, came in for the full year at 6.5%. That's well above the Fed's 2% target. The Fed, as a result, uh, got super aggressive. They hiked rates seven times for a total of four and a quarter percent. And that really slowed down the economy. So GDP growth ended up coming in, you know, it was very high for a while on a relative basis. It came down and ended the year for the full year at about, or it's estimated to end at just under 2%, 1.9%, but falling, right? Uh, in any event, markets uh, ended up posting uh, negative returns. For example, the S&P 500 was down 18.1% in a total return sense. And um, that's fueled, of course, by slowdown in earnings. 
And then with market or the Fed funds rate going up, markets rate, market rates followed suit. That means bond prices went down and the bond market uh, posted a negative return. So it's the first time in a very long time uh, when we look, for example, the S&P 500 and then the uh, Bloomberg aggregate index, stocks and bonds, both being down in the same year. Usually they're diversifying. Um, so that that's sort of uh, what unfolded. And just a, a little update specifically on inflation. So we actually got a, a, a decent uh, report recently for the month of December uh, for CPI. And so what we've seen is basically a, a declining trend in goods, a, cl- a declining trend in services. Uh, energy has been volatile, but uh, has sort of uh, prices have fallen after big uh, jumps early to mid last year uh, because of the Ukraine war. And then food essentially uh, has been uh, elevated and almost consistently so. And so what we've seen is inflation higher, but but really it peaked um, kind of roughly in the middle of the year and it has been falling um, month to month when we look at the year-over-year figures for CPI. Now, one of the things I realized is, you know, we tend to look at monthly data and then we look at annual data, the last 12 months. And, and that's uh, sort of monthly is maybe too short, especially to gauge the Fed's thinking. And annual, in my view, is a little too long. And so another thing we did uh, this month in, in some of our analysis is to, uh, is to basically look at rolling three-month figures. Um, and when we do that, we see some interesting things emerging. Um, the first is that goods have definitely fallen and gone negative when we look at that, uh, so meaning prices are falling. Services, uh, which have really been elevated because of uh, pent-up demand and especially shelter costs, uh, despite that they're starting to come down. Energy, as I mentioned, is very uh, sort of um, clearly um, falling, meaning prices are falling. And then as tough as things have been with supply chain disruptions, the Ukraine war and bad weather, Food, which has been elevated, uh, and it's taking time, but it's think of it as it's moving back down uh, into uh, an, a, a neighborhood that's uh, you know reasonably acceptable. And in fact, when I when we look at the headline CPI um, and 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 do a three month rolling average, so think of it as the last three months of 2022, um, and 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 uh, and take the average of that. Essentially, believe it or not, that headline is running at the Fed's, uh, roughly the Fed's 2% target. Um, so if we were to t- have that same experience for for um, three more quarters, we would end up with a headline number that is about equal or maybe even a little lower than the Fed's 2% target. So, you know, I think the takeaway from this is to say, look, we've seen um, the um, inflation elevated but we've gotten at least three months of things headed in the right direction now let's turn to our outlook with that as sort of a foundation let me talk about our forecasts and thinking for the year so for 2023 basically our view is that we're going to experience the year in two phases the first phase is almost like we've moved through the end of the year and we're experiencing uh essentially the year um the first part of the year to be very similar to how things felt last year, meaning um, still a lot of uncertainty. We're not sure what the Fed's going to do at its upcoming meetings. Uh, People are worried about inflation. They're worried about Fed policy. They're worried about a slowing economy and a recession. 
that means we're going to have more volatile markets than average in our view and the prospect for weaker markets or you know markets going up and down um and so you know that's sort of phase one we do see uh, the idea of finding balance this is actually the theme for the outlook report the idea of finding balance sort of enter into the psyche of the investor and the and people more generally you know let's say round numbers towards the middle of the year and with that some recovery all that adds up to a view for the full year that is essentially modestly positive okay so let's get to some of our specific forecasts for gdp so economic growth think of our forecast being essentially close to zero meaning this fed action has really slowed the economy down uh, we're not really sure whether growth will stay positive or might go modestly negative and actually where we might experience a recession but our view is if we do have a recession it won't be deep right that we think it would be shallow and our sort of uh, pen forecast for GDP is to be somewhere between half a percent down and half a percent up for the full year of 2023. Uh, that is related to the idea we believe inflation will cool down. Uh, we have a PCE, core PCE inflation forecast of three and a half to three and three quarters percent by the end of the year. And that the Fed, we think, will hike rates another half percent this year and then stay, stay constant, just let it ride. Um, if that unfolds, we think the 10-year Treasury will especially end the year in a range somewhere between three and a quarter and three and three quarters percent. We think uh, spreads on bonds will remain well-behaved, meaning close to where they are today. And then on the equity side, essentially we think uh, we'll have a modestly positive return. So for example, we forecast the S&P 500 to, be up, to have about a 6% total return, which translates to a point forecast for the index level of 4,000 at the end of the year. Now we talk a lot about the idea that, um, that these, this base case view, right? Our scenario, our, our I thinking for our primary case is sort of what we anchor things on. We this year think there's about a 60% chance that that scenario is gonna unfold. But that we do model out uh, two other scenarios, a negative one and a, and a more positive one. The negative one, what we call the bear case, and then positive called the bull case. Um, in any event, think of it as, okay, there's a 40% chance of those two things happening, one of those two things, and we sort of uh, allocate that to a 25% chance for the bear case and a 15% chance for the bull. Um, with those scenarios really anchored in whether or not we've got inflation and monetary policy right. So think of it as the bear case anchored in the idea that inflation doesn't actually cool and if that does unfold, then basically the Fed is going to have to um, keep aggressive and keep moving. Uh, that means they're going to hike rates further and more than a half, another half percent. And that will not be well received uh, by investors. Markets will trade down almost certainly, uh, most likely, if that unfolds. Um, now, think of the bull case as the mirror Im image of that. The bull case would be inflation recedes a bit more quickly than people are expecting. Allows the Fed, uh, even if they do hike another 50 uh, basis points or half a percent, that basically allows them to back off um, and maybe even uh, reduce rates. Uh, any of that, any kind of messaging from the Fed that says, hey, we're feeling pretty good about things, would inevitably be a positive uh, for, I think, we think the economy for uh, uh, earnings and for markets. Now, one other thing that we uh, did uh, update is that this idea that hey, 
uh, when we look at where the economy peaks and troughs, um, there's uh, a delay um, between when the market peaks and the economy peaks, and then um, uh, when the market troughs uh, up to when the economy troughs. And the, the takeaway from this is to think of it as the market is forward-looking. And so it tends to kind of rebound and recover before the economy and kind of the circumstance actually uh, itself does so. And so markets are forward-looking. What that means is that the idea that, hey, is if we start to get this sense of finding balance in the middle of the year, the markets could really uh, react positively to that. Uh, in any event, people are asking about recession. And, uh, you know, we still think it's... Uh, there's a very, very good chance we'll have a recession in 2023 at some point, um, probably later in the year, but that we think if it does happen, it will be mild. Now, one final thing I'll say about our outlook and sort of how we're thinking about it. We actually published in this year's report um, a total of eight signposts, things we'll be looking for where we will sort of say, hey, if we see this unfolding, we'll get a sense of finding balance. Things like China reopening, things like uh, shelter costs stabilizing and not going up as much, things like the labor market moving closer to equilibrium. Right now, right now there's more jobs than workers. Um, and then, gosh, if we saw something like uh, company earnings reports with increasingly positive messaging or forward guidance, that obviously would be viewed positively. So, you know, again, we'll be watching through the year. Uh, and we think for the time being, volatility will be a little bit uh, elevated. So with that, that's our outlook. I want to just talk briefly about other uh, things uh, that are in our broader report. We had our colleague Brian Gardner once again uh, pen a, an article called Washington Policy and Political Outlook. He basically got into four things. Division in the GOP, especially as it relates to the House, where the GOP has a majority, and how are they going to get anything done? Congressional priorities, meaning legislation that will primarily focus on must-do um, legislation like budgets and debt ceilings and things like that. A regulatory agenda where the administration may be changing regulations to advance its platform. And then finally, the 2024 elections. Uh, it's a little crazy to think, given all the energy that went into evaluating and assessing the midterms, that the uh, people are now turning to the 2024 and trying to gauge, okay, exactly how are things going to unfold. We also update our geopolitical risk dashboard. The article is entitled Tensions Rising. And in it, we really tease out two themes. One is the idea of increased localization and protectionism, the, uh, the countries being more focused on uh, in, inwardly, right? Like, let's take care of ourselves, become less energy dependent on other people, et cetera, et cetera. That's just a pattern that we're seeing. It's a little bit of deglobalization as a, as a result. And then a second is uh, the idea of a more divided world. When we look back over decades, you know, we really have been in a unipolar world where the U.S. is the primary world power, um, and then it's about who do we, you know, align with, who are our allies, all that. Um, we think we're moving into a multipolar world, most notably that China is emerging as an economic power, um, and that we're seeing countries kind of align with them, right, either as allies or, or uh, trading partners, et cetera. So there will be a little bit more sort of competition, uh, which we certainly get into in the, in the dashboard. We talk about things like U.S.-China competition and the prospect of a new Cold War between the U.S. and either Russia or China. 
Uh, we also get into European fragmentation, which is a little bit around that localization and protectionism theme. And then we do add a new uh, potential risk this year, which is some of these patterns do you, uh, globally leading to the, the risk of structurally, structurally higher inflation. Now, to round out the report, we have a couple articles on how we invest, both our investment process and our approach to asset allocation. A, a nice article called Five Tips to Navigating a Bear Market. And then finally, where to find Stiefel Guidance. A, a, a quick page on that, but I'll just reiterate, stiefelinsights.com is really a great place to go to see our work. All right, with all of this then, let's just take a quick minute. The third topic I wanted to cover was our investment thesis and thinking. Um, I'll just reiterate, you know, we've been neutral um, for almost six months, I think. Uh, the idea being that, hey, we guide clients to invest in an asset allocation, be diversified across asset classes. Oftentimes that's done with a strategic orientation, a long-term orientation. And um, and so we've guided clients to be diversified. We've guided clients to, to have a strategic, almost like a foundation to their investment approach. But some uh, clients and their financial advisors like to make dy dynamic leanings, leaning into or out of particular areas, uh, given the environment. And so while we've been neutral, we did, uh, with the publication of our outlook, actually um, uh, sort of anchor on a couple ideas uh, in our dynamic leanings. The first is around quality. So I'll just mention the idea that, hey, in this more volatile environment for the first part of the year, good to continue to focus on quality. In the world of fixed income, it would be, hey, if you're invested in a blend of higher quality bonds like investment grade versus high yield, which are below investment grade, we'd guide people to invest a little bit more in the former, meaning the investment grade uh, space. And then that quality theme carries over to equities. And, and the way that's implemented in equities is to say, hey, look for companies or strategies that focus on companies that are more financially strong, uh, that can often translate to a company paying and often growing their dividends. And, um, and so that, that's sort of one kind of theme that we would uh, guide people to consider. As it relates to specific leaning, we also think given the volatile environment and the prospect of recovery, uh, we think this is actually a good time to be actively, if you're using active management, to be um, modestly overweight small cap stocks uh, in the U.S. And think of it as an environment where dislocation might be there and a good skilled uh, manager should be able, or could be able to take advantage of it. And so again, modest overweight to small cap was the formal guidance that came out of the report. Um, so hey, that's what we wanted to cover in this episode. Um, thank you uh, so much for listening. We're, again, think of this as that we've shifted our foundation to some of those guideposts and other inflation, other things we're going to be watching as the year unfolds uh, from uh, episode to episode, mostly monthly in uh, Investment Strategy Brief. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you at the next episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Stiefel's Investment Strategy Brief. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each month's podcast in your feed.